This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. We have some interesting things to tell you about today. Uh, I got a little bit of uh, Bigfoot information. and <gasps> uh, Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not new Bigfoot information, but it's Bigfoot information nevertheless. I'm just, and... I'm, I'm smiling because both my things are kind of like Bigfoot-centric, too. Wow, all right. Well, that... Worked out great minds, randomly. great minds. Oh my well, gosh, that's well. So why funny. don't you start us out, Joanna? You want me to start out? Yeah, start us out. Okay, well, the first thing I have is actually just, just an article, and then I have like another thing to talk about too. But let's just go with the, the short story first. And this is courtesy of an article on nypost.com. I assume that's newyorkpost.com. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the title of which, uh, Russian official admits to staging bogus Yeti sightings. Damned Russian officials. <laughs> it starts off. It was an abominable Russian snow job. Oh. Yep. Amon Tuleyev, T-U-L-E-Y-E-V, that's the best I'm going to be able to pronounce it, one of President Vladimir Putin's longest-serving regional leaders, has copped to arranging bogus sightings of the Yeti to attract tourists in Siberia, East to West News reported to live 76, who was governor of Kamirovo Oblast from 1997 to 2018, ordered a tall bureaucrat to wear an abominable snowman outfit so he could be spotted in the bushes by visitors to the cash-strapped Siberian region. Yeah, I guess like, you know, sure. it's not exactly a, a tourist hotspot. That's no. Siberia. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, Yeti? We'll use Yeti to, to bring in tourists? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a place where people get banished. So that's, right? it's, it's hard, that's a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but despite the Bigfoot-like stunt, the former presidential candidate said he doesn't rule out the mythical creature's existence. So he's like, yeah, this, I you know paid some guy to dress up like... 
a Yeti and stuff. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Yetis aren't real. Yeah, he's like, so these ones were fake. Right. But, I mean, there's other ones that may not be. Uh Uh-huh, and they could be, like, here in Siberia. Yeah. I mean, I believe it's over some other places. Everywhere, yeah. I mean, Siberia is nothing if not desolate (laughs) and isolated from things definitely i mean it's where you're banished to yeah i mean that's where where they send like dissidents like you go to siberia Mm -hmm. it's because off you go you can't like it's hard to get out of it because it's just just on foot because you're so far away from everything and so you're Mm -hmm. sort of like stuck in the area that you're in he told East to West, quote, many local hunters swear they saw a two-meter giant with their own eyes in remote places covered with hair. Scientists have not been, have not yet been able to meet with him, but they seem to have found traces, he went on to say. He added, quote, I must admit, I confess, yes, it was I who fueled interest in the Yeti. End quote. Initially, he arranged an annual Yeti Day and offered a cash prize for proving the creature's existence in efforts to boost tourism to the Shoria Mountains. Or the Sharia Mountains. I don't know. S-H-O-R-I Mountains. A 2011 video purported to show a Yeti at Mount (laughs) Zelinanya. Z-E-L-Y-O-N-A-Y-A. You don't really need to spell everything you can't pronounce. I'm just trying to let our (laughs) listeners know, okay, in case they want to look it up themselves. Because most of the time when I'm saying these goddamn foreign words, I I mean, I feel like I'm saying them in a way where if you were trying to look that up yourself, you'd be like, wait, what the fuck? So, right. I'm, well, I'm just trying I mean, to. I'm trying to be helpful. Okay. Right? Well, carry carry on. Carry on. <laughs> just trying to be understood here. So that one was Z. Z e l y o n a y a. Zelianya. I don't know. Zelianya. I don't know. Yeah. Mount Zelianya in Zelianya. In Shergish. <laughs> Guess that one for yourselves. I'm not spelling it out. And it is located in the Toshtagal district. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Quote, people started coming rushed to scour the forest. So it worked. I mean, it worked. The whole, the the ruse worked. They're like, they got people to go to this area. Yeah. 
Of course, no one found the Yeti, but Sharia attracted attention. And when interest faded, he then ordered Chief District Chief Vladimir Makuta to, quote, find someone tall, throw off his office suit, turn a fur coat inside out, and run around shouting so run around shouting so that tourists notice but they must not catch him yeah (laughs) well i mean if they're bringing hunters there to hunt him i'm sure they have guns and that seems like a real dangerous job right dress up as like their quarry (laughs) and then run away fast enough that no one no one catches you i mean what if you get this guy and you're 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 walking around trying you know pretending to be yeti you know grunting and stuff in the bush and then you lock eyes with this guy, this guy who's like a fucking like Russian GI Joe, <laughs> with like a gun. And he's like, yeah, just shoots you. And you're like, ah. Either that, or you just see him like start, you know, running for you, and you know he is like way faster than you are, and you just start running for your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A new Yeti suit. Oh man. Oh man. Pretty soon, visitors from around the world descended on Shoria, where an international conference on the Yeti was held, with attention focused on the Azazkaya Cave, supposedly a favorite haunt of the Yeti. Tuliev said, quote, I did not find any traces of the Yeti's habitation in this cave, and I did not dare climb... I did not dare to climb into the depths. According to him, and I don't know if it's any other sources, strange footprints and hairs mysteriously appeared in the region. Well, despite all the claims that there very well could be a Yeti out there, just because the dude faked a Yeti and... Had a guy in a Yeti suit running around. Doesn't mean that, you know, there wasn't, like, other weird signs, I guess, that maybe there was an actual real one around. Yeah, like, they fake some of the signs, but they're saying it doesn't invalidate the fact that there may exactly. still be one out there. <laughs> so, despite the anecdotal claims, the article goes on to say, Professor Brian Sykes, an, op- an Oxford University genetics expert, dashed the hopes of local Yeti seekers. Alleged Yeti hair that underwent DNA tests had apparently been planted for experts to find. One was from a horse, another a raccoon, the third from a bear, and the third from a bear, according to the news outlet. So they're just like, here, we'll just put some of like each Random animal. hair, yeah. Maybe they'll just test it all at once and not separately. And so it'll seem like a Yeti if all the DNA is like mixed amongst each other. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's how that works because they just take individual well, hairs. Clearly it doesn't, but I'm, I'm just concerned that maybe they thought that that would be how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, knowing like what we're capable of today, I wouldn't just be like, oh, well, this this horse hair will, will do just fine. Right. Well, maybe they weren't expecting it to get DNA tested. Yeah, <laughs> I guess not because, Yeah. <laughs> A horse, raccoon, bear. Horse, raccoon, bear. Not unlike man, bear, pig. 
uh, a little bit unlike it, but similar nevertheless. Yes. <laughs> Tuliev closes off uh, the article, uh, ends with him saying, quote, Nobody in the world has found the Yeti, but it is not to despair. Maybe he really wanders somewhere. <laughs> what if you will be able to meet the Yeti and write your name in world history? Question mark. End quote. Wow. End yeah. of article. Well, that was uh, something else. So the, the Russian was into Yeti misinformation. It's rude. Mm-hmm. Well, it attracted a lot of people and dollars to wherever the fuck in Siberia, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mount Mount Shoria in the whatever fucking province in the whatever fucking district. Sorry, not being disrespectful, just just whatever. <laughs> my stupid American mouth isn't used to saying Russian such words. things. Yes. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, the article, one of the articles I have here is. Uh, it's an article about the most famous Bigfoot sightings. It's on LiveScience.com. Ah, and, is uh, it? It is, in fact, titled The Most Famous Bigfoot Sightings. And um, it just, you know, it, it pretty much breaks down 10 Bigfoot sightings. I believe it's 10. Uh, the first one we have here is the William Rowe encounter in 1955. Uh, this is where it occurred on Micah Mountain in British Columbia where a guy called William Rowe claimed he saw a partly human, part animal creature while he was hiking. He swore an affidavit in 1957 that the creature was about 6 feet, 1.8 meters tall, and covered in brown, silver-tipped hair. His thick arms reached down to its knees, broad feet, and breasts, according to the Alberta Sasquatch Organization website. Ah. As I watched this creature, I wondered if some movie company was making a film at this place, and that... And that what I saw was an actor made up to look partly human and partly animal. Rowe wrote in his 1957 affidavit, But as I observed it more, I decided it would be impossible to fake such a specimen. According to Abominable Science, Origins of the Yeti, Nessie, and Other Famous Cryptids, Columbia University Press 2013, Rowe's ape-like sightings sighting marks a change from earlier Sasquatch accounts in British Columbia, which repeatedly describes Sasquatch as a giant-sized indigenous person. In other, words, in other words, it was the birth of modern Bigfoot. Though the name wouldn't emerge for another year, scientists argue that eyewitness testimony isn't always reliable, so this and other sightings are not conclusive evidence. Uh, we've got the Albert Ostman abduction in 1924. This is Prospector Albert Ostman. He claimed he spent about a week with a Bigfoot family near Toba Inlet in British Columbia in 1924. Uh, he was camping alone, and he was scooped up in his sleeping bag by a Papa Bigfoot and taken to meet Mama Bigfoot and two Bigfoot children. He supposedly was held captive by the family and eventually escaped when the Papa Bigfoot ate his chewing tobacco and he got sick. <laughs> According to the retelling of the story... In anthropologist David Dangling's book, Bigfoot Exposed, an anthropologist examines America's enduring legend, Osman's descriptions of his captors are similar to that of Rowe's 1957 account. However, Dangling points out in his book that even though Osman said the encounter took place in 1924, he didn't write it down until 1957, after he heard Rowe's tale. So he may have been inspired or influenced by Rowe. 
Uh, there's also, of course, you know, everyone knows the Patterson-Gimlin film of 1967. That's the one, that's the famous one. Uh, the one that was filmed. Where he's in, like walking like on the rocks by the river or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that was filmed in Washington State. Well, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that one's uh, been, that's like, I think one of the most looked at videos of all time. Uh, it's like that and the uh, JFK assassination film. Holy shit. <laughs> like those two are the ones that have been looked at forever. And like people will go back and forth constantly with whether it's real or whether it's not. Right. And uh, I mean, no one's really proved, I guess, either way. Also in 1924, there is the Ape Canyon incident, which isn't really a, uh, it was like a battle basically a, a group Sasquatch of, battle <laughs> yes and this also happened in Washington state uh, this was we are was, like the Sasquatch state I feel like that should you know the evergreen state as well Sasquatch as the Sasquatch state, state. yeah state. right uh, these was a whole bunch of gold prospectors and they were in some cabin when multiple gorilla men on the side of Mount St. Helens attacked they later named this area Ape Canyon one of the miners was, uh, like, said he, his name was Fred Beck, said he shot one of the Sasquatches during the day, and that's when revenge came at, you know, in the evening or at, at nighttime. Uh, they threw rocks and boulders at the, uh, like, cabin. And, <laughs> boulders, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, they're big motherfuckers, you know. I guess and so. They said that one put its arm inside too. I don't. I guess like reached inside of a window or something. Ugh. And then uh, I guess another one got shot, and they ran off when the sun rose up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beck ended up returning there with the Forest Service, and um, they couldn't find a Sasquatch body, and they weren't mm-hmm. impressed with the huge stones. Or the giant footprints, they didn't really, they are like, yeah, whatever, this is all bullshit. Um, <laughs> the Oregonian newspaper reported that they thought that the miners just, like, placed that shit there and made the, the uh, footprints, like, in the dirt with their hands or whatever. And uh, it's also possible that, like, fucking local kids just was har- harassing you know, a bunch of out-of-towners throwing rocks at their, you know, cabin and shit. Yeah. Kids will be assholes like that. Yeah, you know. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. All right, now there's another one here from Provo Canyon in 2012. And this one is a YouTube video, and it shows a large black animal hunched over in trees, like it's, you know, eating or foraging or whatever. And it, uh, the, zam- the camera zooms out, and when the, it, a few seconds later, the creature stands up, and it's on two, two legs, and it causes the people filming it to fucking run off. It was posted on October 30th, 2012, and had 7.6 million views on YouTube. The uploader uh, account Beard Card 
uh, claimed they were on a camping trip and they were looking to get a look at a deer on a hill and they thought they saw a bear and that's when they caught the alleged um, Sasquatch. And they ran straight to the car and they left all their shit behind and left. And it's just a real short video. Uh, apparently, um, Eric Rickert, curator of vertebrate zoology at the Natural History Museum of Utah, told Fox 13 News Utah that the science didn't support a Bigfoot in their state, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but whatever. And uh, he said, you know, there's a lot of things around, but he doesn't think there's giant apes in, in Utah. Okay. So that's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I have trouble believing that if they are Bigfoot across the country, that Utah... They, I mean, there's some pretty remote spots in Utah. Oh, there's lots of remote spots there. I feel I like, mean, the, like, like yeah. big, you know, Bigfoot Utah would be a thing that exists. Oh, we've got High Cliff Skunk Ape in 2013. Uh, so this would be... Skunk apes are apparently swamp dwellers. Uh, they roam the southeastern United States. And October 28th, there was a YouTube account named Josh Highcliff uploaded a video, and it was uh, like in the Mississippi swamp, and it looked like a gorilla being squat, squatting down and had large shoulders and all that. It's had one of the peaked heads. So not, you know, the big, you know, like, yeah. a, like, a, like a, a cone head kind of. Okay. And it was... Uh, cone head just, Bigfoots are, like, weird. Like, when people, weird. like, draw them, like... Yeah. It's weird looking shit. It is. But it's just, like, pulling chunks of wood off stuff, and, like, then it stands up, and it's fucking huge. I just hate it that it, like, also has a pointy head. Like, when I try and picture a cone head <laughs> Bigfoot, like, it steps out and it's huge and it's got a weird, like, alien-esque pointed head. And, you know, right. Yeah. And similar to the other video, the Provo Canyon video, it, it's, like, right, they, like, take off right as the Bigfoot or whatever is standing up. And so a lot of people think that this is kind of a hoax, too. Uh, there was a couple, quote-unquote, bodies found. Bigfoot bodies. One in okay. 2008 by Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten. Uh, they had a frozen body of a Bigfoot specimen. They found hiking in the woods in northern Georgia, uh, but it was just a rubber gorilla suit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, in 2012, that same guy, one of those guys, Rick Dyer, uh, said he had shot a Bigfoot in San Antonio. And uh, he took the second Bigfoot on tour in 2014 uh, but then admitted that it was fake, too. <laughs> and there's tons of, I mean, there's there's lots and lots of uh, footprints that are found and all that kind of stuff. But that's uh, that's that's more or less what it was. You know, I, you know I'd heard about the Patterson-Gimlin one, but I didn't know. And I, I think I remember us maybe talking about the Ape Canyon battle. That seems pretty, kind of familiar. But maybe we're talking about a different battle with people thinking things were coming after them. I think yeah. maybe there's a different. I don't know. It, it, anyway. it, it all kinds of blur together sometimes. And... Yeah, but that's you know some weird, uh, some weird shit. Yeah, it is. All right. So why don't you uh, tell us the second thing you have to tell us, Joanna? All right. Well, this is about an alleged murderous Bigfoot. Wow. In Alaska. Yeah. 
Well, Alaska is a uh, harsh environment, so. It is, and it's yeah, heavily wooded. It's remote. Remote. <laughs> Goddamn remote. It's hard to believe that like Alaska is actually part of the United States because it's. I mean, I guess it's like Hawaii, like being all like across the ocean and shit. But yeah, Alaska and Hawaii. That's why they're always singled out on websites with like shipping. Oh yeah, stuff like that. Because <laughs> they take a. If you live in Alaska or Hawaii, then um, you're paying like twice as much because because it's got to go international are... or it's got to get on a uh -huh. plane. Right. Yep. This story actually inspired a more recent program on the Discovery channel or I, th I think it's discovery that did it one of those channels uh alaskan killer bigfoot was the the name of the show That's appropriately it named had, i guess yeah it had one season in like 2021 and there's you know pretty mixed reviews most people are like yeah it's totally bogus <laughs> yeah but uh, <laughs> it made for good entertainment. I'm sure it did. Apparently, according to the reviews on IMBD. And real quick, uh, mysteriousuniverse.org, anchoragepress.com, and kinyradio.com were the sources for what I'm about to tell you about the town of Portlock is the name of the town. And it's out on the Kenai Peninsula. It has been inhabited for a couple thousand years at least. But as far as written history goes, or written history for, you know, English Writ people. Written in English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> written in English history. Um, it was established... Uh, first discovered and established by Captain Nathaniel Portlock, and that's who the town is named yeah, hence, after. Hence the name a, of the town, I guess. <laughs> yes. He was a British ship captain uh, who sailed, sailed there in 1786. It wouldn't be until 1921 that a United States post office opened in the town, and apparently the... or. It states that the population largely consisted of Russian Alouettes. Alouettes. I don't know. A-L-E-U-T-S, in case you want the spelling of that. <laughs> <laughs> Early in the 1900s, it kind of became more of a of a... I guess an official town and not just a discovered province, but there was a cannery, like a salmon cannery that was, that was out there and operational and a few other uh, businesses out there, but the cannery seemed to be like the main deal in the town. Strange things started occurring. The workers claimed that there was something in the woods it was commonly reported by the workers um, that they saw large dark shapes that would stare at them from the tree line and at the shore. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I would hate that. You'd be like, man, this sucks. <laughs> it. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, um, the Ala I mean, the Alaskan wilderness is just 
terrifying as it yeah, is. No shit. So, and then you see something that's just like totally fucking watching you. Not a thing. Yeah, just some fucking thing watching you like that, and you just know it's different. It's not a fucking bear. It's not a you know giant moose or something. <laughs> yeah, they got everything is like super sized out there. Just the ugh. last place where there's a bunch of megafauna. <laughs> Now, it says that when the work, you know, from the time that the wor- workers start noticing something suspicious and feeling like there's something out in the woods, like watching them, uh, apparently there's a bunch of disappearances and murders. Huh. Some say up to three dozen over like the next 20 years because. In 1949, like, literally everybody just leaves the town. They're like, like they just this place. completely later on the town. And the following year, like, the post office remained open for, like, the, the next year. But then the following year, like, in, like, 1950, the post office left <laughs> and it was, like, officially, like, not an... A town anymore right they were like okay well you don't have a, you, we can't get you mail so you're no longer a town sorry <laughs> <laughs> i myself was only able to find a couple of like weird deaths where they actually even uh, had a name to reference all these other like dozens of things that were murders and disappearances that were reported to have happened like you don't really there's not a whole lot of like information that's easily found out there. I guess you could say yeah, about yeah. any others. The um, the one that the one of two that does name somebody. The name of the local hunter who had a deadly encounter with this Sasquatch. His name was Albert Petka, and he was out hunting with his dogs. In the 1920s was as specific as I got. He saw this huge hairy creature that materialized from the trees and hit him in the chest. And he just went like flying away. And he was alive uh, when he was, you know, when he got like got help or somebody like saw him like prostrate in the woods or whatever the fuck, however the fuck that happened. He would, though, later die of his injuries, but not before he told them that, like, this giant, like, hairy beast man just came out of nowhere and smashed him in the chest and sent him flying. Yes. (laughs) Um, He was able to, I guess, you know, didn't get attacked further because his dogs chased the the creature off. Good dogs. Yeah, but then Petka ultimately died. Oh, due to his severe chest wound, yeah. so... Yeah. The next one was... In 1931, there was a logger named Andrew Kamluck, and he was found dead, and the cause of death was that he had been hit... It was like blunt force trauma to his head, but with, like, a piece of logging equipment that nobody, like... Like, this huge-ass, heavy piece of logging equipment, and somebody just took it and, like, smashed him with yeah, it. Yeah, not a way you could, like, a normal person could be using that in, right. as, a, as a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
those were the only two instances where it had like name and like, you know, kind of a date. Everything else is just kind of like hearsay, basically. Like, oh, there's a guy. Yeah. This one mm -hmm. time, this dude out of mine, like uh -huh. a, a giant. Or this group of hunters were just at this, some random time. Yeah, they just yeah. walked into the woods and never uh, reappeared, which I imagine maybe did happen. I mean, it still happens. I mean, maybe not yeah. a whole group of hunters, but you know, people go disappear, go, yeah. go, go missing they, all the time. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. So, allegedly, the reason that everybody up and abandoned the town was because of all these incidents that happened, like these two deaths and who knows how many other deaths and strange disappearances actually happened between those times and after the, the two times that are mentioned. But, yeah, everyone left because of that. Yeah, they're like, fuck this. <laughs> We're out. Yeah. We are tired with uh, dealing with a... Uh, deadly Sasquatch. Uh, the natives actually had a name for it, and it was called Nantinuk. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's a Sasquatch for sure, but also uh, it's thought to have, like, supernatural powers. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different... So uh, it's, it's more than just being, like, extra big and hairy... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different beliefs on on what uh -huh. Bigfoot is, and, and some traditional beliefs are that it's some kind of like spirit thing or a half spirit, half mm -hmm. like material, or it can go between the worlds, or you know, crazy shit like that. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, uh, also during this time, there is, I guess, a, a ghost that also appears in the town. Which is a, a woman dressed in black clothes, and she would like hang out on the cliffs above town, and her dress would like drag behind her, and she was all like super pale, and she'd like scream and moan. So sounds pretty intense. Yeah, it sounds like not a great. I mean, I wouldn't want to live within scream distance of it. It seems like that would be no inconvenient. No. Yeah, I mean, just that that would be a little terrifying, too. I imagine it's like, oh, there's that screaming ghost again. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just like something like watching people in the woods and killing people and blunt force traumaing people. Uh huh. Yeah, with logging equipment, no less. Yeah, it sounds like that's, that's, that's gruesome. Sounds like I want to awesome move out to the shit. middle of fucking nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, some of the locals have said, you know, like either people that lived there during the time or like people that were both adults during that time and also uh, people that were like children of people that lived there and were there like as kids or just kind of like heard firsthand knowledge from their parents they fully believe that the, the Yeti thing exists, Nantinuk exists, but uh, Nantinuk did not actually kill anybody. Those are just like kind of made up stories and um, it was kind of like, you know, 
that was the reason given as to why everybody left. Like everybody left because like the economy basically sucked out there and they actually did build like this whole extension of one of the highways running through Alaska. So then people didn't like kind of like turn off and go into that town really for any reason because they could just keep on going straight down the interstate. Like, yeah. so, so you died even more. Like, yeah. Didn't have and any, that, like, people coming through. <laughs> Yeah, didn't have any people coming through at all. So that was the actual reason and all the uh, stories of the uh, Nantinuk attacks and ghosts or whatever are just to like keep people out kind of because maybe it was actually better in some ways when people didn't come through there anymore. And I don't know. Yeah. They left because it sucked, but they didn't want... You know, maybe other people just going in and intruding and did they want deciding to make a go of it of the town and the cannery whatever the fuck <laughs> else was there. I think there was some chromium mines too. So, so yeah, um, it's it's kind of split between like, oh yeah, there was like it's it's one hundred percent true. There's this killer Sasquatch out there, and then the other side of it is like, well, yeah, obviously. Nuntinuk is out there, but he didn't kill anybody, and we're just saying that he did so that people don't, you know, decide to it's fucking go out there and fireball fuck the around. place. <laughs> Except that uh, obviously, like people are gonna people, and they're gonna want to immediately see the place where. Oh yeah, definitely. There's going to be a whole following of people that are going to come out there. And they're going to come out there, and every once in a while, it becomes like a Discovery TV show. Apparently, when they went out there, they had all sorts of scary experiences with... The the Sasquatch was out there. Nantinuk was out there. He destroyed their camp one morning. He was doing all sorts of things to, like, fuck with them. They brought a medium on one of the episodes. I didn't watch them all because... I haven't had time, and I think it's like a Discovery Plus thing. Oh, right. It's one of those things they'll show a few minutes on YouTube, but not like the whole episode. Of course. So, mm-hmm. And I'm not paying for Discovery Just to Plus. watch a Bigfoot show? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, collectively, most people are just like, yeah, that seems a little fake. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you know. <laughs> a- the last episode, I think they bring somebody in to, like, cleanse um, the town of of uh, uh, Nantinuk. And, yeah, they perform some sort of cleansing ritual to, like, whatever. So, there, there wasn't the second season. <laughs> that, that was it. They, they got it all done in one season. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. There's that. But, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting that... I don't know. I mean, maybe if some of the things are true, it was also like just some long practicing cereal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's it almost seems like I don't know, but it's it's out there. It's Alaska. A lot of stuff that's kind of out there that we might not really see on the regular because it's so remote. Yeah, who knows? There's a lot of wilderness up there. There, there is. Quite a bit of wilderness. And, yeah. I mean, so, it's almost as believable that out there in that wilderness, there's either a uh, 
you know, Yeti type creature out there. Or there's also like a serial killer that was like doing the murders and such. There could be if both. you believe that. There could be both. The, uh, there, there could be both, but it just kind of seems equally as likely out there because Alaska seems to be a place that would draw like also like human predators too. Yes. I mean, it's <laughs> so, kind of like... So is it a cryptid predator or is it human predator? Both seem just as likely to have, you know, yeah, been been the culprit of, of what, you know, been the cause of whatever happened out there, which we don't really know for sure. But there you but have it. That is, that, that is the town. Yeah. Something's going on in the town of Fort Luck, well, no, which is now basically on. a ghost town. Nothing's going on there now. <laughs> right. Well, it is a ghost town, but, you know, it allegedly became a ghost town because a whole lot of something some went of some on down there ons. there were some goings on goings on down there well i think we're going to close out the episode with an article also from live science closest living relative of extinct bigfoot found i just can't believe that we both know, really did like two things on bigfoot <laughs> really just randomly <laughs> uh, the massive extinct primate was twice as tall as an, as an adult human the, myth, the mythical and elusive Bigfoot is a creature of legend, but for millions of years, the original Bigfoot, a shaggy, bipedal ape twice the size of an adult human, roamed the forests of Southeast Asia before going extinct hundreds of thousands of years ago. Scientists are now developing a clearer picture of the giant animal's place on the primate family tree after conducting groundbreaking analysis of proteins in tooth enamel dating to nearly 2 million years ago. Gigantopithecus blackie dwarfed the great apes that live today. It stood around 10 feet, 3 meters tall, and weighed up to 595 pounds, 270 kilograms. But as massive as Gigantopithecus was in life, fossils of the hefty primate have been few and hard to find. Thousands of teeth and four partial jaws, leaving many questions about the extinct ape's evolutionary lineage and appearance. Genetic analysis of fossils can provide important clues about long-extinct animals, but in very old fossils from warm, humid geographic regions, the DNA is usually too degraded to be of much use. For example, in subtropical Asia where Gigantopithecus lived, the only viable DNA previously obtained came from other animals' fossils that were no more than 10,000 years old, according to a new study published November 13th in the journal Nature of 2021. However, the study authors have recently devised a new method of recovering and reconstructing protein sequences from dental enamel, and they tested this technique on a Gigantopithecus molar dating to 1.9 million years ago. They then compared what they found to a database of protein sequences from great apes alive today. What we observed is the number of differences in the sequences, said lead study author Enrico Capolini, an associate, professor, an associate professor of the University of Copenhagen. We assume that the lower the number of differences, the closer the two species are related, and the later they diverged, Capolini told Live Science. They found that the extinct Bigfoot isn't a close human relative, like chimpanzees and bonobos. Rather, the sequence that most resembled Gigantopithecus proteins belonged to modern orangutans. 
and the giant ape's lineage is thought to have split from its cousins around 12 million to 10 million years ago, the scientists wrote in the study. The success of their method raises intriguing possibilities for investigating protein sequences in other extinct primates from tropical areas, namely extinct species more closely associated with our own evolutionary lineage, Capellini said. In reconstructions, Gigantopithecus often resembles an oversized orangutan. In the past, these artistic re representations have been based on limited information from the fossils and from what was known about the primate's range and ancient habitat, Capellini said. But even though the new evidence confirms a close evolutionary relationship between Gigantopithecus and orangutans, the data can't tell scientists what the exact ape may have looked like, Capellini added. The information we retrieved can't say anything about appearance, phenotype, or biology, Capellini explained. There's no evidence for that. So, you know, not a crazy discovery, but still kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Every time it mentions, like, one of those uh, fossils, all I could picture was, like, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. <laughs> Although these things are supposed to, I mean, are always thought to look more like an orangutan unless, I guess, I don't know. I don't really remember, I guess, what Harry looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I only think of it because I saw it on some, you know, random Facebook list that you click on. Yeah, you like, know, actually... The worst, the worst TV shows of the 90s and Harry and the Hendersons was on there. I was like, oh, fucking yeah, Harry now does I remember. Harry have a, a look of kind of an orangutan, I would say. Yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, he, though? Yeah, That's why I thought of it. Like, yeah. Harry and the Hendersons. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Look like a giant orangutan. Just, you know. Yeah. Giant humanoid orangutan. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. So thank you all very much for listening. If you would like to join our Patreon, uh, for $2, you can get your regular episodes ad-free. And for $5, you also, in addition to the ad-free episodes, get a bonus true crime episode where Joanna tells us terrible things about terrible people. Yes. You can also join The Strange Space, which is our Facebook group, and see the occasional meme. You can send us stories about stuff. Uh, weird stuff, generally speaking, would be kind of what we're looking for. We would like to read them on the podcast. So any alien abductions, um, if you run into a Bigfoot, if you have a full Gigantopithecus skeleton, something like that, you can let us know, strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. You can take a look at ageofradio.org. That is the podcast syndicate we're a part of. Our little part of that is ageofradio.org slash strangerthan, where you can listen to our episodes streaming in case you need to for some reason. Uh, you know, don't catch it in your podcatcher or whatever. Uh, there's also tons of other podcasts you could listen to there. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. Whoa.